0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection Podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 349 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be back in your earbuds again this week. And I've got a couple pieces of business before we get going. One, in next week's episode, I've got a really big announcement. And it may or may not be what you think, but probably not. <laughs> so make sure you tune in to next week. It's a solo episode for the month. And I'm going to be sharing some big big changes over here at Veronica Grant HQ. And I'm really excited to share this with you. And I'm pretty sure you're gonna like it. I think you're gonna love it a lot, actually. So um, yeah, make sure you listen to the episode. And and then of course, after you listen, get in touch with me, let me know what you think, what your questions are, what you're excited about. As always, you can reach out to me on my email support at VeronicaGrant.com or Instagram. My DMs are open. I'm Veronica E. Grant, and feel free to slide on in there. And my second piece is I love your ratings and reviews. They really do help me grow the show. I know you might be tired of me asking this every week or almost every week, um, but they really are important, and so that's why I ask for them. They tell the podcast Gods and Goddesses that people like the show, and it just helps the algorithm. A quick tap of the stars is super helpful on iTunes or Spotify, or wherever you listen. And then if you are on something like Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, then you can leave a quick review. And that takes about 30-60 seconds of your time. So thank you, thank you so much for that. Okay, I'm really excited about today's episode because this is actually a conversation I've had with many clients. So here's one big misunderstanding with doing the kind of work that I teach on this show, inner child work, and really any kind of inner work, any kind of personal growth, I think one of the big misunderstandings is that it makes you uh, godlike or invincible. And I don't mean godlike meaning like, oh, you everyone gets big ego or whatever, but meaning that if they encounter a problem with someone that they're on a date with or in a relationship with or frankly anywhere, whether it's like in your work or in your family or friendships or wherever, It means something about you, that you did something wrong, that you haven't done enough inner work, you need more healing, or you have to improve your communication or, you know, whatever it is. And look, I think it's always great to have self-reflection, right? Like if you are in a situation, whether it's a recurring situation or a one-time situation, and you're like, damn, I don't like the way this feels. I think it's actually a good thing to be like, okay, Is there something that I can learn from this? How can I grow? How can I improve? How can I try to prevent something like this from happening again? I think that's great. I'm not saying don't do that or you shouldn't do that or that's wrong or bad too. I think that's exactly what self-awareness actually is. However, it's really important to know where your limitations are, right? There's only so much that inner work can do in terms of other people's shitty behavior right? And if other people have shitty behavior, they're going to have shitty behavior. There's no amount of inner work that allows you to be able to prevent any of that kind of stuff from coming into your life. And this is, I've talked a lot about the law of attraction and why I think the law of attraction is largely garbage. And if you're new to me or new-ish to me, and you're like, holy hell, what is she talking about? I've done a lot of episodes on the law of attraction and why I think it is frankly, not great, (laughs) Uh, to put it lightly. I'll put those links in the show notes so you can go back and listen to those, which I highly recommend you do if you have not listened to me talk about that and you've been in the personal development world, because the law of attraction is one of those things where it's just everywhere. Even if you are consuming some sort of personal development, whether it's a podcast or a book, and it's not like a law of attraction, you know, themed book or podcast, a lot of times some of the tenants still get Wrapped up in there because it's just that large. It's kind of like how even if you're not Christian, there's probably a lot of societal standards and norms and beliefs that can come from the Judeo-Christian kind of mentality that you might be operating under, even if you don't identify as a Christian and don't even realize like that's what's going on. And I feel like that's what the law of attraction is within the personal development world. And so law of attraction would be like, oh, how did I attract this, right? Like I attracted this kind of person who's not communicating or who's not emotionally available or who's this or who's that. And so what does that mean about me, right? Like why did I attract this? And I don't know, maybe you attracted it because sometimes things happen. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we can't control everything. And this is what I mean by the God complex, as in like you can control everything and you just can't, right? Sometimes People have bad behavior. Sometimes people's communication sucks. Sometimes people are just simply not emotionally available. And again, is it an opportunity for you to look at yourself and you know learn about yourself and grow and heal and realize some things? Absolutely. But you, the buck doesn't stop there. Like that's not the end all be all. Sometimes, also, you know, again because of the society that we live in, like you're definitely more likely to come across emotionally unavailable men on the apps, because, you know, if you've ever read the book, book attached, like they talk about why. So there are reasons for what you're encountering that go well beyond what you might be doing to put that energy out into the world or, or have it be a testament to how much you've done the inner work. And this brings me to my coaching call with Laura today. So Laura is wanting to know how she can be better or good in a relationship because she doesn't really like Who and what she's attracting. And of course, I immediately just want to dive right into that question because the idea of just being good is a really loaded question because good according to who and what does good look like? And is that the same thing that, you know, how you would define good versus like how the patriarchy, for example, might define good, especially coming from a woman? Uh, So, anyways. That's the episode today. We're really going to dive in and really begin to look at what is yours in terms of like, yes, where can you grow and heal and improve? And then what is the other person's just complete garbage that you don't need to or have to put up with anymore? Sometimes it's very black and white and clear, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's certainly a gray area. So we're going to dive into all of that with my coaching call with Laura. And without further ado, we're going to get right into it. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the
2: show. How can I help today? Hi, Veronica. Thank you for having me. Uh, so many ways you can help. <laughs> <laughs> well, my question to you is, it seems like I'm always in relationships where I'm always the one sacrificing more, Yeah. having to look for validation. That's why I'm giving more all the time. Yeah. And just, yeah. I think it's just always the questioning in my doing too much? Am I doing enough? And it just seems I'm overthinking things way too much all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that I need to be more firm with being uh, more assertive in my communication and my boundaries. So I guess my question to you is, how can I become someone where you know I, I can be good in a relationship, but not sacrifice so much as what I've been doing in these last relationships that I've been in?
1: Yeah. Okay. And you're specifically referring to your most recent one, the one we are DMing about? Correct. Okay. Okay. First, let me ask you this. Um, You said, how do I be good in a relationship without sacrificing myself? What does being good in a relationship mean?
2: I think it's not being able to, because where most of my, my relationship struggles is as soon as I communicate something, which I'm trying to set a boundary, Mm -hmm. That's where the issues arise most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess good at handling situations when I'm in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can you give me an
1: example? Do you have one?
2: I do. This last relationship, like um, we have been DMing about was um, everything's good. It's when I start setting, you know, I I relay something, not our relationships are good. So there's always going to be some kind of trigger or you know, not always going to be a hundred percent fun and rainbows. And that's where our problems arise. That's where we, we end up doing the splitting or I tend to show I'm mad so he can show that he cares, you know, I'm playing this like game and it's, it just seems it's too much of a game that I'm so tired of playing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Okay. Well, let me ask you this is the issue, and and I'm going to ask for a gut response here, and you might not even, it might not be a gut, you might just know. Do you think the issue is you setting the boundary or asking for what you need? Or do you think the issue is that the people that you're in relationship with are incapable or unable or unwilling to care about your boundaries or needs?
2: You know, Veronica, that's a really good question. Um, With this last, my, my recent person that I was dating, we, I think our, our big thing was communication Mm -hmm. that we both didn't know how to do it, but I was willing to do it. And it just, we didn't know how to work together to, to accomplish that. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it was a, um, a cared. I think that I was more like, I don't know how to handle a communication where I'm trying my best to communicate how I'm feeling and, you know, and then when they're ignoring me, and you know, finding other ways to to um, excuse their behavior by telling me another thing, and then I'm I'm upset, and I get off topic, and then you know, it just goes yeah, all right. yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: so and and I know you've had at least also in this relationship, and then others where you're you're just giving, 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 and and I think you even use the word sacrificing, right?
2: Yes, I just feel that. I give so much and I expect, you know, because I'm giving.
1: Yeah. So that is the classic, like, people pleaser misconception. Like, oh, if I give, 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 then they're going to give in return. And yes, in an ideal world, in a healthy, equal relationship, that's what happens, right? Like you give a little, you take a little, you give a little, take a little like that. And and there might be periods where one is giving more than the other. Like if one is going through something, that's, that's mm-hmm. all normal and stuff. But when you're in a pattern of giving, 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 and the other person isn't giving back, you're making a lot of assumptions. <laughs> you're making like, you're putting yourself in their shoes, right? Because like, if someone gives you something as someone who is naturally a giver, then you want to be able to then reciprocate that, correct? Correct. Okay. But, and you might have heard me talk about this a lot on the show before someone who is just willing to take and take and take, that person has, I'm not going to call them a narcissist because that's like a diagnosable personality disorder, but they certainly have some um, narcissist tendencies right? Like they just need someone to give and give and give because either they're unable or unwilling to be vulnerable or deal with their emotions or, you know, deal with their own problems without making their problem, someone else's problem, or it helps them to feed their ego. And without it, they would, you know, be feeling lack of self-confident or lack of self esteem or whatever it is. So they're in a totally different headspace than you. Does that make sense?
2: It does. Um, you described a lot of my relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, you know,
1: that's why I always say like, like incapable or just not willing. Cause it's not always the same thing. Right. Right. Like some people just don't care. And it's not that like they fundamentally like are bad people and don't care about other people giving to them or the other people's emotions. It's, it's more so that they're just like unable to, to really step up. <laughs> right. Because if you're, if you're having a conversation with a partner and you're like, hey, so-and-so, I really feel like this, and I really would like this to happen, or I would, I really want to know this from you, or I need to know this, or I need to know how you're feeling, or whatever, then what you're ultimately asking is you're asking someone to take responsibility for either their emotions or their actions, or lack thereof. Right?
2: And um, Right. And it's so um, interesting how you can come up with a sentence frame So off the, you know, off (laughs) and it's hard for me to be able to communicate, you know, just how you just said, Hey, you know, I want, I don't start off like that. And I know that my way of communicating is also a very important part of my relationships downfall as well, I believe. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: So can you give me an example? Like, okay. Like how have you started off, you know, asking for something or setting a boundary? How have you started that conversation off before?
2: And at that point, I'm not even thinking about being a boundary. It's either, you know, I was upset because I asked something and they answered me in the wrong way. And maybe it just happened that it had been happening for a while. Yeah. And in that moment, it just triggered something. And, and I'm like, hey, you know, why do you have to answer like that? And I say it more of a, you know, accusing way instead of, yeah. you know, and, and and I think that's a, a huge problem for me. Where because I don't set boundaries by the time I do want to say something. It's because I'm already to a point of trigger.
1: There you go. That is, that's the key there. I think you're, look, I'm not saying that you don't have room for improvement in knowing your boundaries, setting your boundaries and then communicating them. I'm not saying there's not room for improvement there, but I think Mm -hmm. you're taking in just like you have this pattern in previous relationships. I think you're taking an over responsibility for the way things have gone previously.
2: And you're right. Because as soon as the relationship's over, I'm working on myself. I'm trying to do better. And you absolutely nailed it.
1: Yeah. So, so why is, why is setting a boundary or asking for what you need? Why does that feel so hard or impossible to do so that you get to the point of where you have nothing left and you just, and you, and you snap what's stopping you or making you unable to ask for that boundary sooner?
2: If I have to ask, answer that, honestly, I think it's a part of losing the relationship. Okay. Because that's where it's always led to.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so if you lose the relationship, then what?
2: I guess, um, I don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know what? Uh, you, what's the, you know, what happens if I do? I think it's just, afraid of not having them in my life okay and what does that mean
1: like what do you make that mean by not having this person in your life what's the fear there
2: i think it's just because i care about them and i do love being with them maybe missing out and having what we have
1: Mm -hmm. and with the relationship that you had or have with them like maybe like the beginning when like tend to be on the honeymoon period and all that kind of stuff. What does that time period in the relationship make you feel, do, or believe about yourself?
2: I think that they need me. And
1: what does having someone need you get you?
2: I think it just makes me feel that I'm a good person. I think that's it, that I'm a good person. Mm, Okay. So if someone needs you, that you're
1: a good person. Yeah. What does that remind you of?
2: Meaning <laughs> val- validation? Not yeah. worthy?
1: Yeah. Were you ever told or taught or even shown covertly that certain behaviors make you a good or a bad person?
2: You know, I have been thinking about that. That's a good question. I've always, I, I think I don't try to go there. I try not to do the the blame game. I think that's what it is of saying my parents did this, my mom, my dad. I think it's not, that, it's not blaming them. And I see that as a, you know, I see that as a wrong thing of me doing that. And I think I try not to even acknowledge that in any way. But if I have to say, I, I, and I know it's in the back of my mind that my parents didn't know how to handle situations. And so they always just walked away And my mom would be gone for like two days and would take us and then come back. And I think that I didn't want that in my relationship. So I think I, I deal with all that. So I don't have to do that. And then it ends up being the same way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So your, your parents, when they were in an argument or whatever, they would just not deal with it and they would just remove themselves not to the point where they remove themselves to where they could cool off and then talk about it. They just remove themselves and then just didn't talk about whatever happened. Correct. Right. Okay.
2: And okay. I think that when I would see that, I would just be like, I don't want to do that when I get into a relationship, I'm going to try to do better.
1: Yeah. But you still do that to an extent, but then you reach a point where you snap because you spent so long not, not talking. Exactly. Correct. Okay. 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 So that's not a blame game. I'm not blaming your parents. I don't blame anyone's parents with inner child work. It's just about understanding where the pattern came from and sort of like, uh-huh. Oh, okay. I get it. I understand why I have this tendency. It's what I saw. That's what I learned. It's how I thought relationships were supposed to be. And I didn't want to do that. And so I tried to course correct and maybe I overcorrected a little bit, or maybe like, they just, there's a little bit of kinks that need to be smoothed out. That's all it correct. is. It's just a neutral. It's just like, you're like, you're being an observer in your own life, like looking at a focus group through like those mirrors or those windows that's like one-sided mirror or whatever, you know? You're just uh-huh. observing. Nothing's good or bad, right or wrong. Your parents are doing the best they could, you know, with the tools and knowledge that they had. And everyone's doing that. And everyone's a product of society. Like your parents being conflict averse, this is not unique to them.
2: Mm, you know? Absolutely like, correct. <laughs> <laughs> like, like
1: especially, especially for for women, right? Like, like, don't be too much. Don't like piss off your man. Like, don't do this. Don't do that. Right. Like, like, like this goes well beyond your family of origin or or, or anyone's specific family of origin. So it's like, Oh yeah, now I see why I do what I do. This is the behavior that I learned. And I'm just simply going to learn a new behavior.
2: Correct. Right? It's a
1: little like more involved than that. But like, in terms of like the Way in which I want you to look at it. I want you to look at it from that neutral of a perspective, rather than like a, oh, I don't want to blame anyone, or I don't do this, or I feel bad about that. Like there's a lot of charged energy there. Do you feel that? And
2: I do, and and I'm telling you, I just overthink things way too much. And yeah, because it, you're
1: it, you're trying really hard to like be that good person, to do things right, to do things that better. is correct. Yeah, but in that process, you've disregarded your own feelings and your own emotions because you never saw or had an example of setting a boundary or sharing how you feel or having a difficult conversation. Just wasn't something you saw, right? Yes. Not making good or bad, right or wrong. It just was what it was. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Yeah. So I think here there's some room for some inner child work around reparenting that little girl that it's okay to say what you want or say what you need. And I know that can feel a little risky in a relationship because it can mean either an argument or the beginning of the end of a relationship, right? Is that the fear?
2: Yes. Yeah. Because that's usually how it happens whenever I, in the relationships that I'm at, that as soon as I, I say something, it just happens to be that we deal with walking away or, you know, I usually say, that's it. You know, I'm not going to take it anymore. Let's, exactly. I'm done. exactly. Well, let me ask you this big
1: picture question. Do you want to be with someone like lifelong partnership with someone who isn't able to validate and see where you are, or how you feel?
2: No. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I don't think anyone wants to be like in a relationship like that, at least anyone listening to this podcast. (laughs) Um, And so I know it can feel like there's a win-lose, right? When you set a boundary or ask for what you need, right? The win is like they're able to play along and like everything goes well. And then the lose is it's the beginning of the end or just the end, right? However, I want you to look at it from a win-win perspective, like the win win one is yeah they get on board they you know validate how you feel they're able to meet you at your boundary or whatever and then the other win is yeah okay they're not able to do that and it does mean it's the beginning of the end however you get to save so much time and energy from someone who was just not going to be emotionally available to meet you where you are
2: yeah, it sounds so easy.
1: <laughs> I know it sounds easy, but there's a difference between being sad or bummed out that a relationship didn't go the way you wanted it to go versus like I need this person to continue being with me so that I feel confident, so that I feel validated. Because no, then when when that relationship ends, when you have that kind of needy energy towards it, the ending of that relationship takes a hit on your self-esteem.
0: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: It's a very, very different feeling than like a, damn, I'm really upset that that relationship didn't work out. I need to, you know, nurse my wound a little bit but i'm gonna be okay versus like oh my god what's wrong with me why couldn't i get him to like me what did i do wrong you know something i must be missing something he wanted someone else who was like you know taller taller than me or skinnier than me or younger than me or like whatever you know that's when
2: like the whole
1: like spiraling can happen
2: and that's that's exactly what i do as soon as uh, you know i start thinking about what i might have said i shouldn't have said it should i said said it in a different way should i have handled you know it's constant craziness going in the head.
1: Yeah. Your, your, your communications are going to be perfect. So I just want you to let that go. Okay. You know, your communications never, even, even if you like take some like relationship communication class or read some book on it, like, and you, and you improve your skills, like that's great. But like, I really don't think that's the problem or the core problem. And I don't want you to expect yourself to be perfect because you're, just, you're just not. <laughs> no one's going to be perfect <laughs> at communicating. I mean, life is hard. Relationships are hard. Like there's going to be moments where you're not acting your best self. You know what I mean? When we've got to give ourselves grace. And the same thing yeah. is true for your partner. The issue is that when it becomes this pattern of them just not being able to really hear what you're saying because they don't care or they're unable or unwilling to. Sometimes That's, they want to, but they just can't, you know?
2: Right, right. Um, and I can, you can't make them.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. Me, I tried. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I want you to focus more on who you're attracting rather than how you're communicating, because okay. who you're attracting feels like problem number one. And then, like, your communication skills. Might be like problem number two or three or maybe even four. <laughs> we had to rank everything.
2: And I had my ranking in a whole different. Yeah.
1: Think of it this way. Like if you ask for something or you set a boundary or you will share how you feel and you want to know how the other person feels, anything, anything like that. Like I'm just any kind of conversation in that kind of category okay. and they just either snap or shut down or put you down or anything like that. Like they are emotionally unavailable. They're unavailable for uh-huh. it. it. It takes emotional availability to own your emotions, to own your actions, to own your behaviors, to acknowledge how someone else is feeling, to acknowledge and respect someone else's boundary. Uh-huh. That takes emotional availability. Yeah. And
2: usually I, because of all that, I do feel so overwhelmed and yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, okay. All right. So What are your, I'm going to give you some action steps, but I just want to know in your words, what are you taking away? What are the things to focus on for you?
2: Well, my focus is to focus more on my, my own emotions and take the win of, you know, accepting what happened as, you know, okay, this is what happened. And I have to, you know, work on that. I understand and not worry so much about, you know, What went wrong?
1: Exactly, exactly. Okay,
2: so let's let's learn from it.
1: Yeah, let me make it a little more concise. So number one is, I just want you to. You can listen back to some of the other episodes where I kind of walk you through inner child work a little bit more step by step than we'll have time to do today. But I want you to really nurture and reparent that little girl who feels like she has to do everything right. And that it feels wrong or bad or weird or whatever the word is to set a boundary or ask for what she needs. Right. So first you just got to do a little bit of inner work so that you begin begin to build that confidence to actually, you know, ask for what you want or set the boundary. And then when you are dating, like whether it's someone brand new or someone that you've been kind of talking to or whatever, I want you to start off from the beginning. Like, you know, I don't really like texting. So let's just meet up later this week, or maybe we can have a phone call or whatever. Like, I'm not saying that you can text if you want. I'm just saying whatever the boundary is, like, start off with stating your preferences or what you need or what you want or what you don't want. Start like off that. like that. And that way, like, like, if someone isn't willing to, like, get off the apps and, like, actually, or get off the message or the text and, like, actually meet up with you, like, for a date or, if someone isn't willing to have a phone call rather than like endless texting or whatever, they are not emotionally available. No. They don't, <laughs> you,
2: know you know what I, I mean? really, I really like that one because it's like my win-win, like you said, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's from, and, and it's very small baby steps is not requiring so much. Exactly. You never lose by stating what you want. Like, Hey, I really,
1: I really had a great time tonight. I would love to see you again. Or whatever, you know, just whatever it is. I mean, there's obviously like a million little things that could come up that you want to share or say or ask for or whatever, but just, I know there's a lot of like advice floating around the internet around like, don't be too much or make them chase you. Like all of it's bullshit. It's all bullshit.
2: <laughs> um, and, and, that, and it's funny you say that because I tend to get more scared because I don't want to push them away at that one point, but it makes sense, you know, Yeah. It's like if, from the beginning, weed them out.
1: Exactly, exactly. And also it feels a little lower stake because you don't know the person, right? Once you've been with someone for several months, even several years, stating a boundary that might ultimately drive the person away feels a lot more scary because there's a lot more stakes in it because there's just history, what? you know? But if what? it's just like some random person you met on the internet and like they can't handle you like asking for something or setting a very simple boundary, then like fuck that. <laughs> you
2: know? And it's so simple. I mean, I, why didn't I just yeah. think about it? Because I, I think I did. Because, read... because
1: there's lots of reasons why you didn't think of that. But like, mostly it's just like this is not how yeah, society no, tells makes, you to date. <laughs>
2: it makes sense because that's how you do with friends. You know, you you weed them out like that. Exactly. I mean, I didn't exactly. Like the behavior. I'm not gonna go around her anymore. Exactly. And like, I just never applied that same.
1: Yeah, and I think both doing the inner work, the inner child work, and then just starting off the bat with the boundaries. And asking for what you need, all that stuff, just starting from the from the beginning again, I think will will help you weed people out. I just want you to assume that there are assholes, narcissists, all the things out or all the people out there that you don't want to be dating. Um, So yeah. it's not about like being so scared of those people existing or coming across them. It's just being able to avoid them, no, right? And yeah, they're not that totally like, sense. I'm not like I'm not like trying to like you know, they're, they just have their own works to do and they just haven't figured that out yet. And you know, whatever that's on them. And yeah, I think, I think honestly, like those are two, those are two good places to start. And then if you want, you know, we can talk about like improving communication skills, but I really do think that, and look, everyone still snaps. I still snap my husband, like nobody's perfect. So let's just be real here. But I think that if you start the relationship off on the foot you want it to ultimately land on, then you are going to be less likely to snap because it won't be this like giving, 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 love me, love me, love me thing. But you never actually get what you need. Um, so yes, will, will there be room for your improvement around communication? Sure, probably. But also, I think if you set it up with this is what I want, this is what I need, this is how I feel. The people who are receptive to that are going to be emotionally available, and are going to be able to be in that like give and take that a relationship wow. that a healthy relationship is. Mm-hmm. And someone who just takes and takes and takes, you're going to be you're you're just going to be like I'm not I'm not doing this anymore, and you just move on.
2: Okay, that's okay. And 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 it's funny because you read me to <laughs> exactly how they my relationship and my have I been in in them um, and. <laughs> It's just, you know, because I'm usually giving even from the get go, as soon as I meet them thinking their potential and I'm giving, 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 giving and not setting anything. And then when I do want to set, it's gone too far, you know, and, and I don't handle it the the way that it needs to be. But these are great ways for me to start, you know, really getting, like you said, attracting what I, I, I want. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And remember, like when you're giving, 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 who is going to, who is going to be more open to that? Do you know what I mean? So you have to think about it from that perspective too. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thank okay. you so much for coming onto the show. I hope this was helpful
2: and oh re-listen goodness, to yes. it.
1: Listen, listen to it when it comes, when it comes out on the podcast, because it's always helpful to listen to yourself be coached and you're like, wow, I really said that, or I really believe yeah. that. And then also you can just, you know, you can re-listen to some of the things I say and you can, you know, catch. I appreciate
2: more that. And uh, the few tips you, the first three things you just mentioned about to work on are some of the things that I, I know I, I knew deep down that I should. Yeah. Be working on those. And yeah. Um, with those in mind and knowing for, you know, that that's what's going to bring me what I want. I'm definitely going to have myself start on, on doing those things. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, again, thank you so much. Okay. And thank you. Have a good day.
1: Thank you so much, Laura, for coming onto the show. As always, I appreciate your time and your vulnerability and your courage to be here. And if you listening would like to come onto the show and be coached by me for free, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, scroll to the bottom of that page, and there you'll see a link that says, want to be on the show? Click that link and fill the form out there, and that form will forward you to my calendar once you submit it. If there's no time slots available on the calendar, just know that filling out the form gets you on the waitlist automatically. And either myself or my assistant will reach out to you when it's time to get yourself scheduled. And we can change your name and keep yourself anonymous and do all the things so that you feel as comfortable as possible. Okay, so my call today with Laura hopped around a bit, but essentially Laura was asking me how she can be quote unquote good in a relationship while also stating her boundaries. Now, I said this in the introduction to today's episode, but the idea of being good is quite a loaded question. I mean, at the most basic level, what does being good mean? And then, two, according to who's definition of good are we talking about? And three, Why do we have to be good? And also, why can't being good also mean having boundaries and needs? Clearly, Laura came from an upbringing where having any kind of needs, any kind of boundaries, any kind of emotions, especially big emotions, was wrong or bad or shut down in some way. So I think this is actually pretty, not universal, but I think it's pretty common, like this this kind of pattern where like, oh, I can't be too much, can't be this, can't be that. And so I have to hide all my needs or hide how I feel or whatever it is. And so it just for Laura, at least it came out in this specific way where like being good was one thing and then having boundaries and needs as just being a human was a totally different thing. And my goal for her as it is for you is to begin to combine those things. I um, and, and probably even just let go of the idea of good because again, what does it even mean anyways, and according to who? So obviously, there's a lot of societal beliefs and core wounds packed into that question and, to, and just into the very concept of being good. And just like how she was overgiving in her relationships, I think she was also taking too much responsibility for how her relationships were, the dynamics in them, and how they ultimately ended. Like I said, could she improve her communication? Yeah, sure. But like this is like not a significant or revelatory idea, right? Most people probably could improve their communication. I've been doing this work for a long time and I know I could improve my communication, especially with my communication with my husband, especially when we're tired and angry and frustrated because we have a little kid and just life isn't how it used to be. Do you know what I mean? I think everyone could say who has any kind of self-awareness could say, yeah, you know what? I could probably improve my communication skills too, right? So the fact that like Laura thinks she needs to improve her communications is like, yeah, sure, but it's not the solution to the problem that she's in right? I think the problem that she's in is she's setting herself up to fail. She's trying to have intimate and vulnerable conversations with people who are simply incapable or unwilling to have those kinds of conversations. And again, she's taking too much of the responsibility thinking, oh, well, it must be me. When in fact, maybe it's them, right? So rather than learning better communication skills, I think she'll get the biggest quote-unquote bang for her buck by, yes, of course, you know it, always doing the inner child work. But also in addition to that, for her specific situation would be starting the relationship off on the right foot. And to be clear, they're very much combined Right. So I think starting the relationship off on the right foot for her looks like having boundaries, preferences, et cetera, start on day one of the relationship. And of course, that's combined with inner child work because probably a big reason why she doesn't start it off with boundaries, preferences, and those kind of things, or even ever, is because it is ingrained in her that in order to be good, it's not good to have those things. Right. So the inner child work will help her have the confidence and awareness and self worth and all those kind of things to then bring her boundaries, bring her emotions, big and small, good and bad, all of those things into the relationship from day one. So that if people are just not interested in that kind of relationship or that kind of person, they can just remove themselves sooner rather than later. Or you can see more clearly when you bring those kinds of things into a relationship that they are incapable of really meeting you where you are emotionally, mentally, all of those things, and then you can let them go sooner rather than later as well. And just to be clear, by starting off on the right foot and sharing your boundaries and preferences and emotions day one, I don't necessarily mean that you're sharing like your deepest, darkest secrets and just putting everything on the table on the first date with somebody. I'm not saying that. It certainly does have to coincide with where you are in the relationship and how well you know the other person. So, what I mean by stating your boundaries or your preferences, you can say something like, you know, I like to be home by eight o'clock on a weeknight because I have to get up early, right? That's a preference and that's a Boundary, right? Whereas before you might be like, oh, it's eight o'clock and the other person's still wanting to get their drink or they want to meet at eight o'clock and you're like, well, maybe I should because da-da-da-da. I know I'm going to be tired, but I guess I can get over it, right? Like just starting off the relationship from the beginning saying, you know what, I'd really rather not meet at eight o'clock. That's a little late for me. Can we meet right after work at 5 30 or something like that, right? So that would be a, a boundary and a preference that is completely appropriate for the early parts of dating. And then in terms of your emotions, you know, again, you're not going to necessarily dump everything on someone that you've just met on a first date or even like the second or third date, but you might say something along the lines of like, I'm really excited to finally meet you, or I've been looking forward to this all day, right? That's sharing an emotion that's completely appropriate for the very early part of dating. So when I say by getting the relationship started off on the right foot, that's what I'm talking about. And then of course, those boundaries and those preferences and those agreements and those emotions can grow as you get to know the Person and as the relationship grows with it, right? Okay, so I really love this idea of starting a relationship off on the right foot because I think you save so much time. And so I want you to listen to last week's episode on the podcast if you haven't already. This is episode 349. So that's episode 348. And in that episode, it's actually a solo episode. And I talk about being more discerning with both time and money and the parallels there. Um, Obviously, there's like the money part of the conversation. I'm not going to talk about that right now. Um, But when you're discerning with your time, then I just think you save so well, yes, you save time, but you also save so much energy and emotions and all of those things, right? Like, If you stating, for example, that you would rather meet earlier in the evening so you can be home by eight rather than meeting at eight o'clock and the other person just, I don't know, flips out on you or thinks you're being selfish or thinks you're being a bitch or thinks you're being difficult or whatever, that is all you need to know. (laughs) That is all you need to know. You don't need to go on a date with them. They don't need to cross go, collect $200, all of those things. like It is done. Right? And so, well, yes, it can be frustrating, if not hurtful, to come across people who make comments like that when you state a boundary or a preference or an emotion or whatever it is, but it just ultimately it still saves you so much more emotion because imagine trying to like make it work with that person for like six months, right? And then like you get your emotions even more wrapped up into and it's harder to let go and it it just unravels, right? So the more you can be discerning, the more you can start your relationship off on the right foot with those boundaries, needs, preferences, and emotions, then the better off you're gonna be because if sending that text to let someone know you had a good time or saying, hey, I'm not available today, but I'm available tomorrow. If any of these things are too much Or makes you too difficult or too needy or too whatever, then get the hell out of there, right? And the sooner you can figure that out, the better. Now, I know sometimes that can feel easier said than done. You can listen to me on this episode and be like, yeah, Veronica's right. Like, yeah, I'm going to state my boundaries and my preferences and I'm going to say I need to be home by eight o'clock or, you know, whatever the thing is for you. Um, I know you can feel like all the power and all the energy and the excitement. And then like when when push comes to shove, when you're actually in the situation, I know it can feel like, oh, you kind of buckle up the knees. And that's totally normal. That does not make you bad or wrong or a loser or a failure or any of those things, it can just require some inner child work to kind of prop up the energy that you have around having that discernment or those boundaries or whatever it is. So if I can help you with that inner child work, this is really the core of what I do with my clients. We spend a lot of time at the beginning of our time together on the inner child work, looking at the core wounds, understanding why it's hard for you to have a boundary or why you're a people pleaser or why you do this or why you do that. Not like in a judgmental, you are doing everything wrong kind of way, but in a very compassionate kind of way of like, oh, now I understand. And then I help you do the inner child work and the reparenting work so that you can heal that. You can heal those patterns and those and those beliefs and those actions and those habits and all of those things. And then that makes it so much easier to then state your references, have the boundaries, share how you feel, do the things that feel really, really scary. Not to say that those things will never feel scary. It's not to say that you'll never experience frustration, disappointment or heartbreak again, because you will, because you're human. However, when you have inner child work kind of propping you up there, then it's just a disappointment as opposed to a hit at your self-esteem, right? Or a hit to your self-worth. Because that's where dating can just feel so devastating and such like a friggin' drag, just, you know, to say the least, Um, when every kind of rejection or every failure in a relationship or whatever it is, you're just like, what else did I do wrong? What else did I do wrong? When it takes a hit on your self-esteem or self-worth, which I think is really where Laura was, for example, in our call today, it can just make it really, really hard to want to keep going. And if you do want somebody, I want you to keep going because it will require some work on your part. So this is the power of the coaching that I do with clients. Again, like I said, we start with the inner child work. We move to the core wounds. We look at past relationships, not every single one because we don't need to, but the ones that have really created an impact on how you see yourself or potential relationships. We have to look at that because sometimes that can hold you back a little bit. Not that you don't want to learn from past relationships, you certainly do. But sometimes we can almost act in fear because we don't want something to happen again. And that can actually, you know, hurt you as well. So we look at that. And then we move to the actual like, dating part, like the ins and outs, like what is it actually, you know, when you're on a date or when you're, reaching out to someone in the apps or someone asks you out or whatever, and you're, and you're feeling a little triggered, you're feeling like, I don't know what to do or whatever. I don't sit there and tell you what to do. Like, I don't have a playbook like, do this, do this to this. Because again, that doesn't really help you do anything in the long run. But I will say But what I do is we use the inner child work that we've done together to inform the best action for you to take, right? And sometimes the action is having a conversation, sometimes it's pulling back, sometimes doing something else, you know, the possibilities are endless, but the whole idea is like, okay, so how does your inner child feel? What's coming up for her right now? How is she feeling about this? What does she need? And then you take the action from there so that you can feel um, the best you possibly can in a relationship, whether it's date one or year one or whatever it is. So if you are interested in learning more about coaching with me, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And there, there is a form to fill out, fill out that form. And then that will forward you to my calendar to schedule your intro call. This intro call is a place for us to get to know each other, for you to get to know my process a little bit better. And for me to understand specifically what we'll do with you, because it is one-on-one. So everything is catered to each specific client. You know, it's no obligation. You might get off the phone with me and be like, eh, I don't know, I like her podcast, but I'm not really down for coaching with her. Or you might be like, Oh, well, yes, I definitely want to move forward. And that's really the goal. I want you to be on one side of the fence or clearly on the other side of the fence one way or the other. So again, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to learn more. And if it feels like something you want to chat with me about, then I look forward to it. And as always, remember to leave a rating or review on the show. It really helps me so much. Um, It helps me to grow the show organically, which I rely on. And then of course, if you want to be coached on the show, then head over to verodicagrant.com forward slash podcast to get that set up as well. And then of course, make sure you tune into next week's episode where I am sharing my big business announcement and update, which again, I'm so excited for you to listen to. So I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now.